are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. I hope you have a lot of expectation to what God is going to do. Let's stand to our feet and just take a few moments just to honor His presence. I know it is going to be warm and hot this morning, and somebody asked me, can we put a fan on you? And I said, I'm used to doing crusades, and uh, you have about eight hours in Africa worshiping and jumping and dancing in 100-degree weather, and then you get to speak and then pray for people. So I know it is warm and cozy here, uh, but His presence is here. And when you have His presence, you have everything. And if you have everything and you don't have His presence, you have nothing. And I just felt even before we're going in and starting this morning, uh, last night, it's just been burning in my heart. There was one question, and I just wanted to start with that question for us today. And this morning was another question that God gave me. But the question was, Adam, Adam, where are you? Adam, Adam, where are you? Adam, Adam, where are you? And it just, I started to weep when I heard that question from the Father, because I know everything that is going on. What's going on in Afghanistan? What's going on in America? What's going on in your life? But if I say, Justin, Justin, where are you? Jen, Jen, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? He's not wondering. He is omniscient. He knows everything. He's omnipresent. That is not, this is not a question about location. It has to do with posture. It has to do with the posture of our heart. Where are you? Where are you? And, and I could just feel even Adam, because this is after Adam had fallen. I'm sure that Adam maybe would say, well, right now I'm struggling with a little shame. I can no longer see your face. I can no longer hear your voice. I can no longer feel that perfect love. Adam, Adam, where are you? Well, I ate from the wrong tree. Shame, guilt, fear. But where are you this morning? Where are you? Where are you? And the second question I want to bring in that was this morning, and it just hit me, and I went to Tariq, and I said, uh, Tariq, look up this verse. But I heard the Father says that I was looking for someone. I was just looking for someone connected. Adam, Adam, where are you? But I was looking for someone that would build a wall and somebody that would stand in the gap. Ezekiel 22, 30. But I could find no one. And that's a lot of the things you're seeing all over the news and everything that is happening. All I'm looking for someone that will make themselves available. And we're going to go after that this morning. So I want you to just put your hand on your heart and we're going to just posture ourselves and we're going to just be honest with him. And I had to be honest when he says, Leif, Leif, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? And I think that was connected to what Justin beautifully says, repent. Just change the way you think because the kingdom, the kingdom is at hand. I know there's a tree of knowledge and good and evil that you are tempted to eat from in this season. And we're going to say what is right and wrong. The question in this season is not what is right and wrong. But what does love require of me? Let me say that again. The question in this season is not just what, what is right and wrong, but what is love going to require of me in this season? So holy, holy, holy spirit. Whoa. 
the spirit of wisdom and revelation. The spirit of the bride that says, come, come, come. He's inviting us. He is inviting us. Come home. Come back. Whoa, come back to your first love. Come back to that resting place. Come to me, all of you are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Adam, Adam, where are you? Where are you this morning? Who are you? Where are you? What do you have? And what are you called to do? Father, I just thank you for my family here. I thank you for the Bethel family that we are born for such a time as this. I thank you for each individual where we're at in our journey. I know for myself, to be honest, this week has been one of the toughest weeks. It's been hard. It's been a lot of brokenness, been a lot of pain. But in the middle of all of that, knowing my posture, where am I in what is taking place? And where are you, God, in what is taking place? So, Father, I just bless every single one that is in this room, everyone that is watching online. I'm asking that this morning is going to be a tipping point for many of us, that we're going to just experiencing the hard work of rest. And that rest is going to be a weapon of warfare. And out of rest, we are going to wear the enemy out. That we are coming back home again to where we belong, to see your face, to hear your voice, to feel your love, and experiencing your presence in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, can we give Jesus a good hand? You may be seated for a few moments. Uh, let me just ask us an honest question as a family. How many of you, you're no longer what you used to be, but you have not yet become what you're supposed to become? Just wave to me. Okay, I think that is the majority of us. How many of you are in the middle of a big change in your life? Perhaps your family are going through change. There's some change. And I know we are always changing. But I think for many of us, we're realizing that we maybe have had a Friday moment, but Sunday has not come yet. For a lot of us on Friday, it seems like everything is dying, but we're waiting for that resurrection of what needs to come in the next season. But the problem for some of us, we've had an 18-month Saturday between the Sunday. And for some, that has been a long, long Saturday. And so we are living in a season, and I'm just here to propose. We're living in a season right now where there are some amazing changes that is going on in the world. The greatest changes that the world have seen in over 2,000 years is happening right before our eyes. And part of my heart this morning is to be able to invite us as God's people so that we are seeing things from heaven's perspective. And it is so easy to be overwhelmed by what is happening here if we are not being overwhelmed by what is happening there. Let me say that one more time. It is so easy for us to be overwhelmed by our circumstances if we don't know how to be overwhelmed by God in this season. Because whatever overwhelms you will shape you. And as I'm warming up my voice, uh, I also have an excitement. There is the mixture of the fear of the Lord in this season. And then it is the other side of me where I'm sensing the Father is giving us an invitation to join Him in what God is doing and what God is blessing. Listen, this is not the season to ask God to bless what you are doing. This is the season to do what God is blessing. Could I say that one more time? This is not the season for you to ask God to bless what you are doing. It is a season for you to do what God is blessing. 
And I want to just to share for some of you, let me ask first of all here, because there's some new faces. How many of you have never heard me speak before? Let me see. There's, oh, that's just a few people. I'm not going to spend a lot of time to tell some of my story, but just for some of you, uh, my accent, I am not originally from the Deep South. I know that was a big, big revelation for some of you. And some of you would even argue, my wife would probably say, no, you are a true Southerner because you're on the south part of Norway. So I was born in the south part of Norway. The two most important days, according to Mark Twain, is the day that you were born and the second day is when you discovered why. And I believe that there's a lot of people that have not yet discovered why you were born and even more important, why you were born again. What was it so was so valuable that the Father would send His only begotten Son for you? Jesus didn't die on the cross to make you valuable. He died on the cross because you are valuable. And each one of us, we're carrying something. And if I had an hour with each one of you and you describe to me where the enemy has attacked you, I will tell you what your destiny is. Let me say that one more time. If I sat down with you and you described the list where the enemy has attacked you in your life, I can describe you what your calling and your destiny is. Because often where the serpent has bitten you is where you have the greatest authority. So where the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, that's where Jesus came to give life and life more abundantly. And the three areas in my life that the enemy has been going after was shame and guilt and fear. Even when I was in my mother's womb, 1965, my mom had a surgery. And as a result of the surgery, when I was born into the world, I had fear. What is the opposite to fear? Perfect love cast out. So heaven always had seen me as an ambassador of love. But when the enemy was picking up that in my mother's womb was an ambassador of love, that was the calling over my life. He was trying to stop destiny. And the enemy was trying to kill me because of the destiny. When I was 12 years old, there was an abuse that took place. And shame came into my life. And I struggled with shame. And later on, guilt. Those three, they became the three giants that follow me. And still now and then they are creeping up. But that's also the three areas that I have authority today. Those are the three areas that I'm setting people free from. Because whom the Son set free is free indeed. And what you've been set free from, you can set people free from. The part of my journey was back in the story, my wife and I, we were in a small little Baptist church in Norway. We had just had somebody dying from cancer. And in the middle of that environment, uh, my expectation level was down. And I didn't want to, I believe God could heal, but I didn't know he would heal. Because if I hoped, then that could lead to disappointments. To make the story short, this person was very valuable to me and he died of cancer and it broke my heart. June 6, 1995, my wife and I went up to hear Randy Clark. And Randy Clark, in June 6, 1995, was sharing with us some of his story. And for me, my desperation level was greater than my fear level. And as a Baptist pastor, I stood in the line up front. This was just for the pastors and leaders. And when I stood there, Randy went down, touch him, bless him, fill him. But when he came to me, he says, you are a bulldozer. And I'm thinking, no, I am a Baptist pastor. I had not gone to Bethel School of Ministry. I didn't know much about the prophetic. But you're going to be a bulldozer and you're going into the darkest places in the world where the gospel has never been before. And I see this light following after you and you're going to raise up thousands of people going after you and I'm on the floor. And it was fire, electricity, 
fire and electricity. But through that encounter, there was a shift that took place in this Baptist pastor. And six months later, I ended up in the Middle East, very close to what's happening now in Afghanistan. And this has been going on for almost 26 years. And then about uh, 10 years ago, Judith Franklin, who is Bill Johnson's assistant, I was doing an event with Bill and Randy in England. And she saw me as an ambassador of love to the Muslim world. And later on, as I say, I had an encounter. And a year later, when I went into the Middle East in a mosque, this radical imam came up to me and says, you are an ambassador of love. And that started a journey for me. But the biggest thing that I realized that has been missing in this season, my second part of my calling was to raise up other ambassadors of love. And my heart is this morning that there's going to be some ambassadors of love here at Bethel, Atlanta. But my heart is that there's going to be some other people who will represent heaven on earth to make this earth look a little bit more like heaven because the sons and daughters of glory is stepping in. So I'm going to just share with you, we, this fall, I'm inviting about 400 people to go through. It's kind of like a school of ministry. But if you're in the school of ministry, continue there, and this will just be an upgrade. But for a lot of other people that are coming and say, we want some mentorship, can you help us in this season with everything that is going on so that we can be full of love? Say full of love, full of power, and full of wisdom. Because we have people that have truth and you can speak the truth and that's mean. And there's people that are coming with grace and that is meaningless. But if you bring your truth and grace together, it gives meaning and it's medicine. Jesus was full of grace and truth. And what the truth demands, grace always provides. And all what truth can do is to give you the diagnosis, but grace is the cure. Uh, we cannot just go to the world and give them a diagnosis what's going on in the world without also giving them the cure of how to be able to solve it, which is actually Jesus who is full of grace and full of truth. So I am here just to want to show you a little video and I wanted to give us a challenge this morning. And I do have a message and we maybe go a little over today uh, because I've taken quite a bit of time this week and I'm just sensing that there's something burning in me for our family this morning. So uh, if you will join me and pray into this, I will show you a little video as an invitation. It is a masterclass. And I have with me this little thing. It's called a, it's like a blueprint. But this is my personal blueprint, if you're seeing this morning. But it's my blueprint for my life and my calling so that I can burn brightly without burning out. And it was made by my spiritual son, Paul Yaro, from heaven's perspective to wake up in the morning with purpose and passion, knowing who you are, where you are, what you have, and what you are called to do. That is my calling for every single one in the family. So I've had the enjoyment of being that bulldozer. Now is to raise up all these other ambassadors of love that would make a difference. So if you're a nurse or a business owner, it doesn't matter. Heaven will look a little bit more like earth. And it's a 12 weeks of transformation. And wherever I am in the world, I will be with you in this journey. It's not just teaching. It's going to be a lot of encounters. But my goal is by the end, by we get to December for all of us that is going through this journey, that we will have actually have had an encounter and we will be able to be ambassadors of love, people that will stand in the gap and to be able to make a difference. So do we have anybody that would like to be a difference maker in this room? I think the majority of us. Let's watch this video and then take your phone, get this number. And if, you, if the first 10 that would sign up today, and by the way, half of the money here is going to go to Afghanistan right now. 
for some of the persecuted of our brothers and family in Afghanistan. So I just wanted you to be aware. I just felt that in my spirit. So let's watch this video. The greatest transformation in my life was when I went from being an orphan to being a son. We find ourselves living in an orphan world where we're living for love rather than from love, where we learn how to be achievers, but we don't know how to be receivers. Honored as an ambassador of love, I've had the privilege of ministry globally for over 35 years with the aim of the darkest corners of the earth. The orphan spirit has been the root of much of the chaos and division and destruction in the world. And until we see ourselves the way that God sees us, we cannot have the proper perspective. Knowing how you see God, how God sees you, how you see the world, and how you see the future is vital to becoming a difference maker. In this masterclass, I'm going to be helping you explore four fundamental questions to discover your full identity in Christ. Who are you? Identity. Where are you? Intimacy. What do you have? Inheritance. And what are you called to do? Destiny. I believe that God is calling his children to operate in the fullness of their identity calling. And he wants us to know it is not what you do that makes you who you are, but it is who you are that makes you do what you do. So for the last 20 years, I've poured out, fathered and mentored dozens of leaders around the world. And now I want to have you to do the same journey that I've helped discover for so many leaders. This masterclass blueprint for kingdom identity is going to be a game changer for so many people. You will have access to weekly coaching, webinars, and community of like-minded people who will be going through this journey together. Oh, I'm so excited to go on this journey with you to discover all who God has created you to be. Oh, he has so much more for you. Why would you live from measure when you can live from fullness? So instead of asking God to bless what you are doing, it is time for you to do what God is blessing. When you know who you are, whose you are, where you are, and what you have, you can live from heaven to earth rather than earth toward heaven. We give Jesus a good hand. Could you just take, and you're not committing by texting. Some of you would just, but if you text this number, that's a good step. If not, Kaylee is back there. Just wave Kaylee. And she is at the product table if you want any of the books. But this is not for everyone. So I'm not sitting and saying, but it is for the ones that saying that in this season, I do want to invest in my life. And what Paul Yado, my spiritual son in the Philippines, who helped me to create my blueprint for my life. He's going to take just a battle family. If you're signing up this morning, he's going to take a personal time with you where you are getting a blueprint for your life for this season. And it is phenomenal the difference this has done in my life. So take a few moments.
texted for me. This is very important. I do, I do know we're going to have some time here, but I do look forward for 12 weeks to be on a journey together this fall, and I do believe it's going to add tremendous value to our Bethel family. I've had a little uh, cold and uh, bronchitis this week. It was one of those I started my health journey to get healthy for this season. I don't know if you've ever been there, but where you are making a commitment and then the attack comes in. This is kind of what we're seeing that is taking place much in the world. For us to be able to navigate what's happening in the world today, we have to be able to answer three questions. And that's part of the ambassador of love training. Question number one. If you're taking notes, it is wonderful. But question number one is, what time is it? Say that with me. Say, what time is it? I didn't say what time when I'm looking at my watch because I do know that it's about 25 minutes. It's about 25 minutes to noon. But when I'm saying what time is it, I'm talking about the Kairos moment that we are living in. So from eternity past to eternity future, you and I, were born for such a time as this. But what time are we actually living in? And there's been a lot of people during world history that did not understand the time. And the people that didn't know the time, that didn't live and love well. People will not invest their time well. If you're looking at the watch, hoping for Jesus to come while he is waiting for the church to go. Let me say that one more time. I'm saying that you will not invest your life right. If you were like me in the 70s that was watching the thief in the night, and with fear, we were waiting for Jesus to take us out of here because it's getting dark. And as a result of that, we missed a whole generation of ethics professors. We lost a whole generation of movers and shakers. We didn't raise up our children in Sunday school to be the next Daniels, the Josephs and the Esthers and the Amiah because the church was looking at the watch while Jesus was looking at the harvest. We were trying to get out of here while Jesus was trying to bring us into here. And to be able to be a difference maker. So question number one, what time is it? The second question in this season is, what is God doing in our generation? And I didn't say, what is the devil doing? I didn't even say what God is not doing. And a lot of people in this season, they are being distracted by what God is not doing. Because they do not see what God is doing. So what is God doing in our generation? Say that with me. Personalize it this time and say, what is God doing in my generation? And the third question that every one of us as ambassadors of love in this season that get to represent heaven on earth, we have to answer clearly is, where do I fit in? What is my place in what God is doing? How do I invest my time, my talent, and my treasure right? How do I join God in what He is doing? How do I take this one life that I have to live and so much love to give? How do I make myself available in what God is doing? God could do in Himself. He is sovereign. But He has chosen to do it through sons and daughters. And that's what creation is moaning for, the manifestations of the sons and daughters of God. If you have your Bible so we can make this meeting legal, I am heading to the main course. So far, we've just tasted a little bit of the appetite. And I want us to look at some scripture verses that has brought me into a lot of brokenness in this season. It was actually five, six years ago, God started to stir up Isaiah 6. And this is Isaiah 6, verse 1 through 9. 
These verses has been in me. And right when COVID-19 started, God started to bring me in to Isaiah 6 again. And then about a month ago, he started to give me some downloads and some revelation that I believe will answer those three questions this morning. That is going to help us, just like Isaiah, to eventually just to present ourselves as a living sacrifice, which is our reasonable service. Just to be able to step into that offering place and become free. It looks like the opposite is taking place because in the place of total surrender is also the place of exchange. And those places that we're holding back, those are also the area where the enemy is attacking. So follow me. Let's open up to Isaiah chapter 6. Wow. In the year that King Uzziah died. Say King Uzziah. I saw the Lord seated on the throne high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple above it stood seraphim each one had six wings with two he covered his face two he covered his feet and with two he flew and one cried to the one another saying holy 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 is the lord of hosts the whole earth is full of glory and the post of the door was shaking by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. So I said, woe is me, for I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people with unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts, the one of the seraphim, he flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he has taken with tongues from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it. And he said, behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. Also, I heard a voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Say, I. And who will go for us? Say us. Then I said, here am I, send me. Father, I just ask that the Holy Spirit will just take the word of the Lord and just make it flesh. Let it be revelation, impartation, and activation as we encounter you, Jesus. In your name I pray, amen, amen, amen. It was in the year... It was in the year King Uzziah died. Wow. Say King Uzziah died. Let me kind of give a little bit of the background. There's going to be a little bit of the Baptist in me taking the word of God. But so we can understand in the background. King Uzziah, he was 16 years old when he became king. He had been king for 52 years. The name Uzziah means the strength of Yahweh. So the name was the strength of God or the strength of Yahweh. If I describe Uzziah to you, I mean, he would rule and reign the system. He was king of Judah. And during this time of Judah, when he stepped into the equation, 16 years old, he had learned the fear of the Lord of his father. And as a result of that and with the very name that he had, when he came in there, he up in the strength of God. And when he did that, he had supernatural love, supernatural power, supernatural wisdom. This guy, I mean, he created agriculture. He 
actually was the one that invented the catapult. So he was superior. And you can read this if you go into Second Chronicle, the whole list of his accomplishment. A phenomenal list of Uzziah. Uzziah unified the people. Everybody actually liked to have Uzziah. It was good to have Uzziah around. And especially to be a prophet during the time of King Uzziah. Because that was when Isaiah... Isaiah the prophet steps in. Isaiah then who is a prophet. Isaiah means God saves. Isaiah come into the point, And if you read the chapters before, you will find that the prophet Isaiah, it's woe is them. Here's those Democrats or here's the Republican or here's this group or here's Biden or here's... And it will be all over the place. Read the chapter. Woe was them and woe was them. Or here's the problem. Here's darkness. Here is... And then the reason he had his confidence to prophesy the way he did was because he himself, what historians says that he himself was actually the cousin of Uzziah. As long as he relied on the system that was in place, as long as you have a Uzziah, but Uzziah himself that started to operate in the strength of God, he moved outside his area of anointing. Let me say that one more time. He stepped outside his area of anointing. What is your area of anointing? So if you are called to be a pastor, be a pastor. If you're called to be a nurse, be a nurse. If you're called to be a housewife, be a housewife. Take care of those kids. But to be there because your anointing rests upon your assignment. And your assignment is connected to your alignment. And the calling for Uzziah was to be king. And as long as he operated as a king, he ruled and reigned underneath the king. But he decided he's going to step outside that role. And he liked what the priests were doing. And then he started to mess around with priestly thing. God warned him. But now instead of operating in the strength of God, he started to operate in his own strength. And as a result, he got leprosy. And then in the next moment, he started to deteriorate. And it is a picture for us in this season when we start to operate in flesh instead of operating in the spirit. We are no longer burning oil. We start to burn flesh. And it starts to smell around us. And the aroma of smell of flesh is very different when you're burning oil of intimacy with your lover. So there was this crisis moment. And step number one this morning is, what are some of the King Uzziahs in your life? For some of you, maybe it was the political system. For some of you, it has been the job that you have had for these years. For some of you, it is the church system. There's been so many different things. Are you for mask or not mask or whatever? whatever. There's something you trusted in that is not totally trusting in God. Those system is being exposed in this season. And it was in the year King Uzziah died. So my question for myself And my question for my family at Bethel this morning, and I do believe it needs to be clear. What are some of the Uzziahs in our life? Because we are in a season, and that's the transition that is taking place. The Uzziahs are dying in our season. Anything we have relied on in the previous season is not going to work in a new season. God is doing something new, and that means it has never been done before. But it is in a season when King Uzziah died. And I've had a season where I've had to define some of my Uzziahs. And it's been painful. It's been hard. It's been difficult. Can I just be brutal honest with my family? Including what's taking place in Afghanistan right now. My heart is broken. The last 26 years, this has been my part of the war. 
We have three million Afghans inside Pakistan right now. A couple of hundred of them hopefully are coming to Atlanta. And I know this is going to create tension with us, but I'm okay with tension. We have to learn to live with tension intentionally. And what some of us are trying to do is we're removing away the tension. But if I have an apostle, and by the way, the part of the change that is taking place, we are moving away from being an orphanage to become a family. We're moving away from control to freedom. We're moving in a major shift and change where you're moving into from a church model to a kingdom model. And it is a very different way of operating when the Uzziahs of the previous season dies. But the invitation when Uzziah dies, that's when I saw him high and lifted up. Wow, what are you seeing in this season? What are you seeing when your Uzziah dies? Could I ask that question one more time? Let me slow it on a little bit so I don't burn so much energy. I'm just looking at the watch. But my question to you, what are you seeing in this season? So what is happening? I spend Monday and Tuesday getting a report. Then Wednesday, we had 36 people killed over there. It's been a day by day of just being broken over what's happened. Some of the decision, and I can be honest with you for a moment, I started as woe was them or this one did or that one did. And I started to get involved in a lot of things. I spent 10 hours listening to CNN and about 10 hours listening to Fox because I was homesick with bronchitis. So I was laying there listening to the wrong news and somehow in the middle of it, I was not seeing him high and lifted up. Where is he? He is seated on the throne. Right now in America, right now in your life, right now what's taking place in the world. When you're allowing your desires to die, you're going to have a new encounter with him. Whoa. And in that encounter, you're going to see him where he is at. And you're going to see him who he is at. And what you're beholding, you're becoming. And what you become is what you will release in the next season. It is a season for us to be able to describe clearly. So question number one, what is some of your desires? What are some of the things we've relied on? What are some of the things that we trusted in? And allowing there to be a funeral of our desires, of things we depended on. So we will let go and let God. And then the second is, what are you seeing? Start to look up even when life doesn't. I saw him, I saw him and he is high and he is lifted up. Where is he? He is seated on the throne. What is God's job description? He rules and he reigns in every area of life. There's a peace. When I see him, the way I look at everything else, it changes. Whoa, be careful. This kind of a thinking can lead to dancing. And you can become a joyful Christian. Because when you're seeing him in the middle of everything that is going on and allowing whatever color blindness you have had, whatever tunnel vision, whatever, and getting 20-20 vision and seeing him as he is, as I am, so are you in this world. Are you getting it? Am I a little bit too intense? There's something burning in my bones. There's a fire burning in me. I am looking for some ambassador of love. I was looking around, but I could find no one. Adam, Adam, where are you? Isaiah, Isaiah, where are you? Isaiah is out there pointing what is wrong instead of seeing him high and lifted up, instead of having a funeral for his Uzziahs. 
When he saw him high and lifted up, let's look at the next things that is taking place here. Wow. So again, there was suddenly there these seraphim, and I need to be a little bit quick here. The seraphim that was there, and they were actually soaring, holding on. In the, and I think this is so beautiful, Vanessa, holding on to the face. It was worship. They were just worshiping. So in the middle of this, and then the whole temple, the whole temple, say temple, say this temple, say the Bethel Atlanta temple. And that is not the building or our tent. Just remember in this season, content or discontent, which tent do we live in? And we are in a season of contentment in the middle of all the tension that's going on. And we are just now enjoying this process and transition as we're recognizing in a lot of the system, the desires are dying. We have fresh new encounter in this season. It is an invitation for us to see him as he is, to see him high and lifted up. And the whole temple was filled with his, the robe, the robe, his robe filled the temple. And the picture for this robe, by the way, this is beautiful. The woman who touched the hem of the garment and got healed. It's the same word that is used here. So even if you touch, if you're coming into the encounter, they should just touch any one of us, the robe. When this temple is filled, it doesn't matter where you touch, you will be healed. This is what God is doing. This is what God is blessing. What time is it? In the time when the Uzziahs are dying and we're seeing him high and lifted up. What is God doing? What is God doing? He's ruling and reigning and he's inviting us to see things the way he is seeing. And then he's looking for sons and daughters of glory that will just make themselves available for a fresh encounter with him because who he is is what we're going to become. Can you say amen? amen. I saw him high and lifted up. And then the train of his robe filled the temple. And then the response to this, I want you to know what he is saying. He says the whole earth is filled with glory. Wow, what are you seeing? Sin? Because you either do sin management or glory management. And you can only do glory management if the starting point is glory, not sin. And if you're going to go from glory to glory, the starting point have to be glory. After he has seen the Lord and this temple has been filled. I'm looking at the world. There's glory everywhere. People just are not aware of it. And you start to look for glory and you start to speak glory. There is glory. Even in the middle of the addiction, you're starting to release freedom to the captive because there is glory as they're becoming free. People with sickness and disease, everything that is going on, you're realizing there's glory everywhere. The whole earth is filled with glory. And right now it is time for God's people to see the glory of creation that God has planted in. It starts to release people into glory because they are glorious. And you are glorious. And when you're stepping into becoming who you are, knowing where you are and what you have, what Jesus paid for, you will step into your calling, your uniqueness, and you will start to release glory. Let me give a couple of more highlights here and we are landing this this morning. It is hard to take about eight hours and cramp it in. But I was taking so much notes that it's becoming a whole book out of this. 
But the next thing that became very important for me, one of these angels, when they were saying, holy, 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 the whole earth is filled with glory. This one seraphim, he took suddenly a tongue and he went up to the altar of heaven and he placed this coal on the lips of Isaiah. What does that mean? Because why wouldn't the angels just take that coal of fire? Why would he use a tongue is one other question in this season. And I believe that the angels are made up of fire. They're not going to get burned by touching the coal. But there is actually a tongue where he's having a customized fire for each one of us. And there's coals of fire at the altar of heaven for each one of us that is going to touch your lips in this season. Because what we possess is what we confess. And what happened now, the angel came towards him, touched his lips, and his lips started to burn. And it's a cleansing, and I'm going through a season where there's a lot of cleansing on my lips of the things that I'm speaking that is not the voice of heaven. It's so easy for us to getting in on listening to what the enemy is saying, or actually what God is not doing and starting to speak, because we are not hearing what God is saying and what God is doing. But when the coals of fire starts to touch our lips, what he's saying, woe is me, for I am undone. The problem is not the government. The problem is not what's going on in Afghanistan. The problem is not what's happening over there. The problem is actually I am the problem. I am. Leif Hetlin is the man with unclean lips. And I can identify with the brokenness. I identify with the brokenness. What's happening in America right now? What's happening in our city? What has been happening this year of the vision and everything else? I'm stepping into this equation. It is no longer what was them. It is what was me. Because I am the one. Do something with me. Touch my lips. And when your lips get on fire, the second thing it does, there's a cleansing that is taking place. There's a purification of God's people. Something is happening with our lips. Our fire is going to be different. The second of all, you're going to have a new message. And you can see me, I'm on fire. And I'm not apologizing for it. And I'm sweating. But it's coming from the Lamb. It comes from the Lamb. I'm broken over the things that is broken. The Lamb in me. It's broken right now over what's happening in Cuba. The lamb in me is broken when I'm listening to the news right now and people are putting signs and say, we don't want those Afghan. Take care of American first. And a lot of that sounds good on the political, but not when you have seen the one high and lifted up. Not when your tongues has been touched by the fire. Not when you do not realize and when you're recognizing the gift that God is giving us in this season. And of receiving that gift. Because God is looking for someone that would stand in the gap. Adam, Adam, where are you? Isaiah, Isaiah, where are you? Isaiah as well. What was them? What was them? But then King Josiah died. And I have an encounter. And I just recognize I am actually the issue. Before it was what was them, but now it is what was me. I take responsibility. It's been on my watch that darkness has taken place. It's been on my watch. We were supposed to be light in darkness and we don't have a darkness problem, but lack of light. The second part of that is there's a new passion. You're becoming a burning one. You will have a new message, but it comes from the lamb's heart. Because when you have been broken over what has been broken, that's the lamb. Then you can roar as a lion. But when you roar, it comes from the lamb's heart. 
And people will not scatter. People will gather because it comes from that place where you can identify with the pain. You can identify with the brokenness. You're weeping. When something has happened to those people over there, it's happening to me. And the lamb and me, instead of what they are going through, let me go through it. I take that on me so they can become free. And in the middle of this season of intercession, as we're going through it, it leads to something. And I want us to hear this clearly, family of Atlanta. And then we're going to have an invitation. Are you guys okay? Everybody's okay? Am I talking too fast? Number one, what is some of your Uzziah? Are you ready for a fresh encounter in the next 12, 13 weeks? I want to see him high and lifted up. And I want to see you seated on the throne, ruling and reigning. I want this robe to be full, full, full. Fill this temple with your robe, with your glory, with your presence, with your peace, with your joy. Fill me up. Touch my lips. Touch my lips. Touch my lips. Because I'm the one that is the issue. And first I take responsibility. Then I can look out. And I can do something about it. One more step here. His ears is open up. How many of you, honestly speaking, I know it's hot and it's humid and we're in a beautiful environment and I feel also hot and humid and it doesn't bother me right now. But how many here needs to hear God's voice in this season? Let me hear. This is so, so important. My sheep hears my voice and follow them. What does love require of me in this season? What does love require of me in this season? <laughs> His ears open up. How do I know? Because he can listen to the conversation in heaven. Can you hear the conversation in heaven? If you are hearing 200 refugees are coming to Atlanta from Afghanistan, can you hear what heaven have to say about it? Or are you listening to the news? When you are hearing what's going on there with Taliban, are you hearing what heaven has to say? With everything that is taking place in this season, what God needs to do for us as his people. And I know I'm coming both a little bit as an apostle, but also as a prophet this morning. I feel it's an invitation for us to find our plumb line, to coming into an alignment for our assignment as a family, to raise up a culture of difference maker, we're not hoarding here and pointing to it's getting dark and Jesus, please, let's come here to try to just overcome whatever is our struggles. No, we are coming here to just present ourselves as a living sacrifice. And then in the next moment, yes, there's inner healing, but that happens in a place of total surrender. 90% of the inner healing will take place when you totally surrender all and you have an encounter. And then there's 10% left that we will help you with in regard to become an overcomer. But he listened to the conversation of heaven. Who can I send? Who can I send? Lindy? David? Who can I send? Who can I send? Is there anybody here at Bethel Atlanta with what is going on? Who can I send? And who will go for us? Say us. Say us. I don't know if you capture this. But here you have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They have this beautiful conversation on the earth. The reality will look very similar to what's happening in America. 
The reality on earth looks very similar to what's happening in the world. On the earth, it is one of the biggest transition the world had seen so far. Everything is shaking in the middle of it. Isaiah is being shook. His whole way of operating is about to change. The system he has trusted has changed. And he's having a fresh encounter in the middle of it. And in the middle of that counter, when his lips gets on fire and the cleansing has started with him, his ears open up and he can hear the conversation in heaven before he could hear the conversation on earth. Everybody's talking about Uzziah died. Some people will go online and say, he's not dead yet. And it will be all kinds of rumors and all of those different things. Things that started in the strength of God, but started to operate in the strength of self, including in Leif Hetlem, needs to die in this season. The family of heaven is having a conversation over your life right now over your family, over your business, over Bethel Atlanta. There's a family conversation in heaven between the Father, Son, and Spirit. And the conversation is very clear. Who will represent us? Who can I send to Clarkson when they get here? Who can I send into the different environment from the youth to the children to every aspect. We're not going to be guilty that we don't go into Afghanistan. We're just going to find out our place, coming into our alignment for our assignment, knowing who I am, where I am, what God has called me to do, and then getting a fresh encounter for the season so that I can make myself available. So for me in this season, and I know the children are going to come here in a few moments but there's a conversation going on in heaven right now. Who will actually represent heaven on earth? And you say, right now, I, I'm just trying to survive. That's okay. It started with, let's start today to find out what your desires are. It started with, we need to have a fresh encounter, what's taking place here. We do need to get filled again. And the purpose of the filling is the spilling. We do need uh, the angels to go up to the altar and get for each one of us that customized so he will touch our lips again. Touching my lips because we only have authority over what we weep over and we only have authority over what we love. I want us to stand to our feet this morning and I don't know if we have any musician and, but I felt that when Isaiah heard the conversation in heaven and I've done this again. This is kind of as a mission message. And yes, it is connected to what I wanted to do this fall. I felt clearly that God has invited me to take about 400 of us around the world to become ambassadors that will represent the family of heaven, to represent that family here on earth. What is the conversation in heaven? What is it that heaven wants to look like here on earth? Don't look, do not allowing shame, fear, or guilt to come in. Do not, let's stop pointing towards one another in that season. But let us get before him. And be honest with him if there's anything in this system that needs to die of the previous season so that you and I can have a fresh encounter. But invitation this morning is first of all, I know there's people that are coming for healing. 
There's other ones that needs freedom. There's different things. I need certain things in my body. But invitation this is morning. He's looking for someone. Adam, Adam, where are you? Where are you? Where are you in this journey? God says, I am looking for someone, but I cannot find anyone. And that's why the mess is going on out there. I didn't want that to take place. I'm just looking for someone that will represent us. And when Isaiah recognized that, he said, here am I. If you can use Leif Hetland. And I just saw the picture this morning. And I've seen it this week. I saw young people. I've seen elderly people. The families coming together. They're just making themselves available in this season. And I felt that God is saying, I will build the altar but who would be the sacrifice? Who would be willing in? And I know Jesus paid for it all. But what he has chosen to all of this is to say, Leif, would you be willing for my fire to touch you? And I know we've had some offering plates here. We're not taking up an offering right now. But what we are going to do is invite you to be an offering in this season. You don't have to figure out all the points so far. I think that what you're aware of, you can hear the Holy Spirit call and talk. Some of you may be just sensing I'm just, there's some things that's holding me back. Where are you, Adam? Michael, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? By the time we leave this place, we're going to all be able to say, here am I. Here am I. Here am I. So I'm just sensing that if this is you this morning, I do want to have a fresh encounter this morning so I can be an encounter. I do want to repent because the kingdom is at hand. I do want to repent when I've been pointing out what was them instead of taking responsibility to look in the mirror and say, is there any area here that I can get clean from so that I can be a voice in this season so that you can open up my ears so that I can hear the true family of heaven talk about the invitation to join you, God, in what you are doing and in what you are doing and what you are blessing. I mean, I just wanted to invite the Bethel family. If that is you, you're just sensing, I want to take some risk this morning and I wanted to step up. If you're not saved, you can also come up and we're going to pray with you because this is the starting point. It's a place of surrender your life. But I'm sensing for Bethel family, children, youth and everyone else, God is building an altar this morning and I saw there was offering plates everywhere. It was just offering plates and all I'm doing with this little Norwegian, there's a lot of things I do not have. I have some handicaps. I got some issues. There's a lot of excuses I can come up with. But he said, Leif, are you just willing? Just to come. Come. This whole week I've just been feeling the conversation in heaven. I can feel the Father's heart. I've seen the tears of the family of heaven. This is no guilt or shame message because I cannot give something I didn't first receive from you. So Father, just come over our family here. This is a beautiful family of sons and daughters. We didn't come here in the heat. and We didn't come here just to be able just to hear a good message. 
we came here to be able to be a message because we have met the messenger. We came here because we are hungry. We are thirsty. We want to become free. We want to become free so that we can set people free. Holy, holy. Put your hands on your heart. Can you say with Isaiah, say, here am I. Say that again. Say, here am I. Send me. Come, Holy Spirit. Fire. Fire at the altar. Fire in our hearts. Fire. And the ministry team, just be here available. But I'm just sensing that we're taking a few moments as a family. Can we just take a few moments and intercede in behalf of our government? Intercede in the tension that is going on there right now. We're not pointing the fingers right now, but we're coming with, we need mercy. We need grace. The lamb in us, let's be broken over the things that is broken. For a few moments, some of us even recognizing the division that's going on and the Father, the family of heaven is inviting us to a unity like we've never seen before. That's the conversation in heaven. But we are recognizing people being divided over masks, divided should we be here or not, divided over all those things. The enemy wants to divide, but the family of heaven wants us to be united. Father, I just ask even now that you would give us again a fresh baptism of love. I'm sorry. I'm sorry in my own life that I've been judging instead of blessing. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.